Hello and welcome. You're listening to Adventures in the Veil, an RPG discussion podcast. I'm Jake. I'm Ross. Sit back and relax by the fire, for there are tales to be told. I'll have that right out. The year 2023 has almost turned out to be the year of Dungeon Crawl Classics for many of us in the Mythic Mountains RPG Play Club. We had a six-month-long adventure module crawl campaign. We used Dungeon Crawl Classics to play classic TSR adventures like Planescape. We played through several of the wacky official published funnels together. We experimented with some of the box settings, zines, and we use DCC for modern modules and some amazing homebrew too. Dungeon Crawl Classics is a modern RPG with some old school art and attitude that is simple and fun to play. It's a pseudo retro old school D&D formula, but it's a modern RPG. It's inspired by the magic and combat of Warhammer fantasy roleplay, the archetypal classes of basic and expert Dungeons and Dragons, it uses the unified D20 mechanic of modern Dungeons and Dragons, but it also includes wacky dice like the D7 and the D30. It's oozing with flavor and attitude. The key thing I want to express about Dungeon Crawl Classics is it's much less about its game mechanics and much more about its attitude. DCC is self-deprecating, self-referential, and often full of satire about old-school gaming culture and style. This punk attitude of Dungeon Crawl Classics is somewhat of an inside joke making fun of how pretentious the right way to play can be in the old school. At the same time, it's a clamorous and over-the-top celebration of that very vibe. It's a pseudo-history of retro D&D culture. The artwork, implied setting, and wacky results on its tables borrows heavily from the Appendix N of 1st Edition Advanced Dungeons & Dragons Dungeon Master's Guide, and also Saturday morning cartoons and pop culture from the 70s and 80s. The design of the game also has some serious things to say about the hobby beyond the old school reaction. Magic is dangerous and mysterious. You can cast as much as you want, but you must always contend with that magic. Negotiate with something beyond you. Medieval fantasy worlds are full of wonder and exploration because of their inherent restraints. Commoners are illiterate. Most of them live and die within mere miles of their birthplace. Every element of the game drives adventure and story. Wizards have to learn new spells by plumbing the depths of dangerous crypts and answering the riddles of timeless arcane masters. Magical items are never common in this game. Every sword has a name, a personality, its own will. Every monster has features that exist just at the periphery of sight, understanding, and myth. Those aren't just orcs. They're infected tree orcs, lesions bursting with plant vines, covered with multiple insectoid eyes because of their proximity to the tree god Yggdrasil. The authors call this making monsters mysterious. Quest for it, the sages and judges of DCC declare. Dungeon Crawl Classics is one of several RPGs that I've seen suffer from a kind of surface-level misconception more than other games. The first misconception 
is that the funky dice or the rules are either too expensive, too hard to get, or too complicated to use. None of these things are true. If you want to try Dungeon Crawl Classics, I'll include a link to the free quick start rules in the description. It's completely free. It'll provide months of play for several levels. My first bit of advice is don't let any discomfort with the funky dice keep you from playing this game. They just aren't that essential for play at levels 1 through 3. Use a d6 for your d3, and don't worry about the rest if it's holding you back. If you end up loving the game, the funky dice are a ton of fun, and they're worth it, available online, and affordable. The second misconception is that the rules must be complicated because of the thickness of the book and because of all the tables. The truth is that the tables only have a single sentence that you usually need to know. All of the rules for the game probably encompass about 30 total pages. Everyone knows what a fireball is, and that's just about all you'll need to know to cast that spell. You'll need to know that and your intelligence modifier. From there, you roll a d20, add your caster level, and an attribute mod, and you slide down to see what the single sentence result is. The results are variable, and this leads to wild, unpredictable, and laugh-out-loud moments in play. I've seen a wizard create a duplicate head that burst from his chest and belched gouts of flames like a flamethrower. I've seen a cleric summon a tornado to subdue an alchemy-fueled mutant dog, but the spell misfired and permanently turned them into a snake avatar of their god. The fumble and critical hit tables work in the same way. You don't have to have them memorized, and you usually won't have to refer to them. But when you do, it's worth it. Lastly, there's a misconception that the game is so brutal that it serves as some kind of masochistic death fetish that's just a punishment for players. People get this impression because of the funnels, which are how character creation works, as well as inside jokes in the community and the artwork. In truth, a typical leveled Dungeon Crawl Classics character is immensely powerful, more comparable to a modern D&D character than an old school one. I recommend if you choose to try Dungeon Crawl Classics, you at least both try a funnel and an adventure. Playing a funnel does not give the full experience of what Dungeon Crawl Classics is like. Links to the Dungeon Crawl Classics quick start rules in the description. Here is called Sinking the Stercororius, brought to you by Mia Tanner's favorite thing. Um, I forgot the name of it, but Bigum Ale by Terrence Bigum, and um, four, okay. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> when you were looking up as a ball of fire streaked across the sky, everything went black. As soon as you wake, you wish you hadn't. There's crusted blood on your face and a knot on the side of your head. On top of that, the ground keeps moving about, making you want to heave up anything that might remain in your stomach. Either you drank too much last night, or, well, you're not at all sure. So last night is nothing but a blur in your memory. Looking around, you see others in a similar state. And you're connected to the lot of them by chains that run through manacles. Chains are secured to iron rings set in the stout wooden planks of the floor. If only you could reach. Hold up. You've got no possessions. And that's when you all feel the ship 
heaves to one side, convulses, and then begins to list as if it were sinking. Water rushes in and begins filling the compartment. It is sinking. You all, deprived of your possessions, you're all locked in this, um, uh, what would you, this, like, storage area, all chained to the ground, and the only way out is one bar, uh, metal door um, in the north of uh, the north of the room? Yeah, north of the room from where you're facing. Um, you can see people ah. running back and forth, pack, grabbing things, um, packing them into quick bags as the water rushes up. Um, at this moment, it's already up at least to your knees. What do you all do? So, the ring, the chains run through manacles on each person's hands, and then at either end they're affixed to rings. Uh, yes, they are affixed to rings on the floor, the wooden floor, and you're all linked together by these chains and manacles that are uh, these manacles that you're all handcuffed. And the chains link through. Um, Jimmy Lee, who is the brains of my multi-personality dis disorder operation here, uh, turns to his brother Billy Lee, who is adopted because he's an elf, but he's like a swole wolf. He's big, and, and he's like, "Come on, uh, come on, Billy! It's just like that last time we were drowning on a ship." And uh, Billy just grunts. He's like, yeah, bro, let's do it. And then Billy's just going to try to rip rip the bolt out uh, from the chain uh, from the bottom of the ship. <laughs> okay. If two characters are working together, you can, you can up it from a D20 to a D24. All right. Our tabaxi uh, brothers are going to be doing thus the same, yanking at the main hold. Of the chain. Um, Jimmy just, okay. he, he doesn't really actually help. He just gives moral support, which matters to Billy. But unfortunately, Billy, he just like veins pop out on his head and, and his arms just like knot up and muscles. He's just like, <laughs> but, uh, but he's not able to pull it out of the ship. And, um, hmm. uh, how much for Oof. four people? What? Well, if you, well, if you're all, all four what? Tabaxi brothers are getting yanked on the chain. Even more assistance. Um, yeah, you can give it a go with a D twenty four. They're all going to be assisting. Uh, is it not working? Oh, slash roll. No, sorry. There we go. I should. Got 13. Oh, oh, 13. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're. As the water rushes in and 
You all are pulling on the chains. The wood starts to swell. And with all your effort, the wood splinters. And you're free from the floor. But uh, at the moment, you're all still kind of chained together. But uh, quickly, you get the chains out from each of the manacles. And you're all now separate entities. Um, being able to move separately and not as one. Um, there is the problem of the door. Um, one of you can try to try to open it, but it's a locked. Uh, it's locked, and of course, no one has the proper key. But soon the water gets rises up to your uh, waist, and you see a chest floating nearby. Um, coming closer and closer to the door. And as luck would have it, the chest is full of your possessions. And soon it um, knocks up against the metal grate. And you're all able to reach in and grab all of your items. Um, so you have those to work with. Sorry, when you say you all, is that all? Who exactly? All of you guys. Mm -hmm. uh, oh. Sorry, all uh, all twelve characters have their possessions back, as everything was stuffed into this chest for later use, or maybe perhaps to even be sold off. I would like Rolo. I think Rolo, my dwarven chest maker, who has a chisel, is going to uh, make use of that to attempt to break the chain or separate the chain from the manacles. Because that seems like an ideal tool for that purpose. Okay. Uh, yeah, you can make a roll for that and see how effective it is. Okay. Shall I just roll a d20 then? Yeah, just roll a d20. And the higher the result, the more effective it is. Well, that's a 9. Okay, you are able... You can pick the chains and manacles off of one group of your choosing. Either that's your own, your plushies, or Ross's. Okay. I'll get them off my own. As we are still manacled to the or chained to the floor, I believe, and that seems like the most no. pressing concern. No, we're not chained out. to the floor anymore because my four tabaxi's got us unchained. Oh, okay. All all of the chains were linked. I see. Yeah. Yeah, you you are all okay. together. We're all just cuffed. In I yeah. see. That makes more sense. How we retrieved our equipment. I was a little confused there, but I was just like, well, tabaxi brothers did the work. <laughs> <laughs> A bobo. Um, that's not a, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'll uh, just say, Rolo's neutral. I think he's a selfish fellow. He doesn't trust this various company of folks, so he'll free himself and thus hit the group he's attached to. A bobo lets out a high, 
high-pitch squeal. Let's get out of here! And he slams himself against the door. Ooh, okay. You can make a, a roll to try and break down the door. Or at least break it from its wooden... Uh, from the wooden walls, at least. Billy, Billy he pushes uh, a Bobo aside and he's like, I got this, kid. <laughs> Nap 20. Ooh. Oh my god. Yeah, you put, he pushes him to the side and he says that. And just with one swell shoulder charge, he breaks it off the... And, uh, breaks the door down, splintering the wood all aside. And there are three people uh, on the other side just turn up their... Uh, they, they look up and towards uh, where you all were. Uh, clubs, daggers, staff in hand, and their other hand, uh, other hands, sorry, filled with sacks as they were trying to grab whatever they could before this level flooded. Um, no worries. But you're all free. You're all free from the room, and now you're you're, you're on the lowest level of the ship. You've got this. Um. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Are there any um, objects nearby no, that we could try good. to pummel toward these people to try to barrel them? Um, there is barrels, uh, wooden yeah. barrels. There are chests. There are yeah. sacks. There oh, is. Okay. There is actually a list. Um, let's see. Yes. Uh, there are nets that they were using for hammocks and to carry other supplies. There's also your own possessions that you now have uh, with you. And how does it look like you get out of here? Um, there is stairs right past the guards that lead up. Um, uh, yeah, so it looks like it goes up to the next floor from what you guys best can tell. Because you all don't even remember getting on this ship. Of course. Are you going back over there tonight? Bogdan is already waving his pitchfork menacingly. But I think he's hung hungry to, to for freedom. And uh, he says, Ducky, watch my back as he rushes forward with his pitchfork. Donkey? Quack. Ducky. Oh, Ducky. Nice. So you guys are probably Is this room flooded as well? I didn't quite understand that. Or I didn't quite catch that. Yes, the ship is sinking and the water is waist deep. I need to charge forward with this guard, or what appears to be a guard, a slaver, and there's a servant. Um, okay. Uh, I would yeah, like to try to see you were a guard. I mean, I think that's something that... 
Yeah, Assuming they're between all... us and the stairs. They are. They are between you and the stairs, and you all can act as you kind of took them by surprise. They didn't think you would get out of the the door or, you know, the, the room. Um, so you can all throw an attack in there if you would like. That was my uh, my tuxedo-colored tabaxi is getting hoist his pitchfork and run into stab two. Burn okay. off fumbles. Okay. Oh no! Burnoff, it says, uh, let's see, I rolled a... God, 19! It's still rolling. Hold on. One. What? Oh, God. So, uh, it says you miss wildly, but miraculously cause no other damage. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh. Okay, a, a 19 does hit, and you can... Do you, are you attacking the guard, the slaver, or the servant with your pitchfork? Probably the slaver. Okay. That's four, d uh, four damage. Four damage, yeah. So you pierce his uh, leather armor and takes the hit. And you charge him past and into the stairs. Um um, and there you go. Uh, Teuton, what, what did you roll as you charged with your pitchfork? A nine. A nine. Uh, that does not pierce anybody. And it, the guard with his staff is able to parry your pitchfork. And it gets tangled up inside the net, or the netting, off to your side. Okay, and um, do you guys want to use any other characters? My characters rolled a 5, a 1, a 13, and an 11. Okay, a 13 and an 11 does hit. Alrighty. So one of them does a D4 plus two, Billy Lee. He does uh, four damage, and uh, this is all going toward the guard. And then uh, Ooh. a Bobo does one damage. Ooh. Okay, man. Yeah. So yeah, you hurt. Everybody's just so angry, confused, trying not to drown, and you just as a angry mob, just charge these these uh, these poor degenerate souls trying to get off this boat. And uh, just uh, then Oh yes, sorry. Let's see. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just making attack rolls in the background, assuming that this was an okay thing to do. But, uh, yeah, that's fine. Okay, uh, Jurgis the Rope Maker, yeah. it makes an attack against the guard with a 17. 
Okay, that does hit. Alright, well he has plus two to damage from one plus one strength bonus in his lucky sign the bear. Wow. Ooh. Uh, going through the rest of these quickly. Half Bard, the Elven Sage, will attack the Slaver. Glenn is not in the VTT, so Glenn, he just did six damage. Ooh, okay, okay. Awesome, okay. This guy is down to one hit point at the moment. So anything else, just breathing uh, on him, would kill him. Uh, my other three tabaxis are going in with, uh, was it Cat Claws? Cat claw. Oh yeah, you're gonna start slapping people with your nails. Okay. Murder mitts. Murder mitts are out. <laughs> uh, okay. I only have one that hits, and that's gonna be Ender. That's gonna be hitting. He's all black cat. Okay. And for damage, he's gonna be probably heading towards the guard for that one. Okay. Six damage. Okay. Okay. Well, he is dead. You guys have just clubbed, stabbed, poked. Just ripped the sky to ribbons and he falls dead. His body floating in the water. His uh, blood clouding the water about you as more slowly floods in. Um, any more damage I should take into account? I have two more attacks from Hulkbard, the Elven Sage, and Rolo, the Dwarven Chestmaker. Uh, these are both okay. against the Slaver. Uh, both to hit rolls are an 18. Okay, okay, they hit. And the damages, respectively, are 4 and 2. Okay, nice. Okay, towards the slaver who already took some damage. He is hurting. And just then. Sir Puss, one of your characters will slither through the water. Some. Uh, sorry. What? Quickly, it grabs around. You're cutting in and out a bit. Can you hear me? Yes. Said, one of your characters feels some move past their leg. Just as they're about to uh, yell out to watch out, they go quickly underwater. Character two takes Eight points of damage and is drug underwater. Never to be seen. Uh -oh. How many points of damage? Eight. Ooh, death. Seems you aren't alone below death. Oh, there goes that Siamese tabaxi. <laughs> And now it is the slaver and the servant's turn. And one of them is going to attack Tootin's group. 
Does a 12 hit anyone? Oh, God, you write down AC. For four points of damage, you can apply it to any of your least favorite characters. <laughs> okay. I'll just do it randomly. Oh no! Holfbard the Elven Sage. Two points of damage, you said. He survives. Four. Actually. Oh, four. I, I didn't. Okay, no, AC. he's very dead. Nope. Forgot to write that down. Give me a sec while I fetch that little quick. And then the other is attacking Ross's group with a 15 to hit and five points of damage. Which character? Uh, your least favorite character, My whichever one favorite. you want to. <laughs> Bur yeah, your time has come. Burnov takes his stinky cheese, and you just see the stinky cheese just sink beneath the the waves. <laughs> that was his thumbs up going under the water. He had to hold up his cheese. And now it's back to you all. And we can do initiative now. Um... Or, yeah. Uh, since we don't have armor, is this a classic tin for AC? So yeah. Okay. You have no armor, it's tin. Are we doing one uh, roll for all of the level zeros or individual initiative? Um, I think uh, just one roll for each group, yeah. I only have three in my group because my saying these went away. Thirteen. Ten. Okay. Ten. Okay. Sixteen. Okay. And the last two go last with a four. So, uh, Tootin, it's up to you. What do you do? Uh, so... Bogdan is f fully in the grips of bloodlust and uh, with a, a wordless roar rushes at the slaver with his pitchfork. Ooh. With a six? No, sorry, a 13 to hit. Okay, that hits. Nice. Bogdan also has a plus two melee damage. One from strength and one from born on the battlefield, his lucky son. Doing Ooh. nine points of damage with his pitchfork. Jeez. That's a heavy pitchfork. And yet you kill the, uh, the, uh, slaver. Uh, and now all that's left is the servant. The, the spray of blood on his face seems to like fill him with great job satisfaction. Um, okay. Uh, I think my remaining characters will simply rush at the servant. 
Uh, he, okay. he appears as though he's attempting to block our way and intends us harm, right? Does he have a weapon in hand? This is simply like a defenseless civilian um, he cringing does have in a, a corner. Staff in hand. He has a staff in hand, and he's doing his best to keep his job going and try to keep you guys below decks, but uh, he's quickly... It looks like if, if you guys don't kill him, he's about to break any minute. Sure, sure. Well, you know, the long arm of the law and all of that. <laughs> I think. <laughs> we'll still rush at him. Jurgis will shout, you picked the wrong employer, and try to stab him with a knife. <laughs> but that's a one, so I should roll a fumble table, right? Yes. Fumbles. Mm. One of the best parts of the game, besides spell duels. This is a d20, right? Uh, no, it's a d4 on the fumble table, crit table. So that means it's lower it's a, on it's the It's a fumble. d4, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's zero, zero level character. Level right, zero right. character, it's a d4. Cool, thank you. Uh, and the luck bonus is a minus here. So... 24 minus one is two. So I trip, but may recover with a DC 10 reflex save. Otherwise, I spend the next round prone. That's Oof. not a death sentence. Let's try a reflex save, which is a plus one, so maybe. Hey, exactly a 10. Ooh, so you barely passed. Yep. Regain my footing. Jurgis does. Uh, Alright, and then Rolo attacks with a chisel. Shouting in Dwarfish. Uh, with a 15 to hit. Ooh, okay. And one okay. point of damage. Oh, man. One point of damage. He's, he's close to death. Who, whoever can get I'll tell you that he has four hit points left. Just, just to be clear here, this, this poor lowly servant. And let's see. Oh, okay, okay. I was wrong. His morale does not break. He's steadfast. Who's next in the lineup? It's um, you. It would be you, the Tabaxi Cricket, brothers. Cricket and Atlas with. Atlas with the pitchfork, Cricket again with cat claws. Mm -hmm. uh, both of them are going to be attacking one attacking. Of them after each other. Okay. Roll your attacks. Cricket got 12. Okay, that hits. Three. For damage. Okay. Okay, this. Her name's Dammit. Let me roll it. Dammit. Damn it. <laughs> Dang it. No. I don't know how this servant is still up and about. Like, okay. I've been rolling morale checks Atlas this whole time. Atlas is now going to be hitting. That's a three. He misses. Okay. Okay. Probably not wanting to stab his brother. Yep. Yep. Cricket's kind of going in there. Uh, and then I have Ender. 
Okay, uh, Ender. The dragon is real. Go, he's gonna, uh, was it Cat Claws also? Okay. 13. Okay, hits, hits. Three. Dead. Servant, dead. Not a threat anymore. But as he dies, he gives you all this cold, steely glare. As if he knew this was... As if he was dying um, in the name of his... Uh, of his god. His lord. Um, and, um, yeah, that's it. But wait, there's more. A tentacle comes and reaches for... One of Teuton's group. The reps on the leg of person number two. Okay, uh, that would be Bogdan, the turnip farmer. Okay, it wraps around its legs and pulls them below. No, his name's Bogdan. Avenge me, Ducky. <laughs> he has one hit points, though. I'm sure that he's dead. All right. And just as you take care of the three, the three enemies, and start to make your way upstairs, behind you, you see two large tentacles. Uh, these tentacled creatures um, just rise up out of the water, uh, and they see you and point, but they don't speak a word. But more tentacles reach for you. Um, you can either try to fight these things or escape upstairs as the water is rising quickly now. Let's get out of here. Yep. Being rushing up the stairs. Okay. Um, you guys flee up the stairs onto. The second floor. Uh, just as you reach up the stairs, you hear the ringing of the, the ship's bell. And someone's yelling, Abandon ship! Abandon ship! Over the side! To safety! Um, along this, you are in the second floor. There is things here. You have about... Five minutes to loot the place. And where is the loot? Let me get to it, sorry. There is some weird and wacky things here. Where the heck is it? This is the... Uh, yes, yeah, sorry, uh, the... You were in the lower deck, the aft cargo lock. The aft cargo locker is where you were. You were fighting in the midship cargo hold towards... Towards the... I'm sorry, it was ladders, that's my bad. And you are now into the... The 
quarter deck captain's quarters. Which actually has things. If you take the time to look. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm trying to find the loot table for this because I was rolling. But anyways, you do find some things here. Some gold, some weapons if you take the time. But, I mean, all of this is in plain sight if you so choose to stop and take the time to uh, loot. Cricket is going to rush towards a bag of gold. Hmm. Crew on the deck? Or is everyone already going overboard? Um, you can hear the stomping of feet and people um, running to and from uh, up above you. Okay, so there's still people aboard. Okay. So far, you hear the cracking of wood and it, the uh, groans of the ship as it sinks ever faster. You have about two minutes to get up to the top. Uh, Jimmy, how much Billy Lee, and a Bobo will grab whatever weapons we can see. Okay. Um, they grab uh, for Sir Plushy's group, the gold, it is 40 gold pieces. For Ross's group, they grab a short sword, a axe, um, sorry, a hand axe, and... Oh, uh, a long sword. Um, any more looting? As now the water has reached sure. this deck. Uh, I think it's worth taking a moment to loot. Okay. Um, with all your quick scavenging and everybody working together, you find. Two pistols loaded with a okay with um, a uh, what the heck is it called? You got an ammo pouch full of ten rounds and some black powder. Enough for each shot. Um, you find a large battle axe. And last but not least for weapons, a blowgun with some 20-odd darts. Can I trade somebody that, can I trade you that longsword for that battle axe for the big beefy guy? For Swolf? For Swolf? Swolf, yeah, for the Swolf. That's fine. All right. One battle axe for you, and you said it was a long sword you were trading for. Yeah, if you would. Yeah, sounds good to me. I plan to put him up He's... front. If that helps. Swelf, the barbarian. <laughs> um. Oh, and for minor things, you find a lantern with some oil. A map uh, with what appears from where they departed from and to where they were going. And last but not least, another 250 copper. 
to spread amongst yourselves. Uh, and with that, the um, water on this level is now knee high. There is the ladder that leads up onto the main deck, or what you assume is the main deck. From all the sounds of battle, or not battle, but people running back and forth, and um, the chaos aboard, and you still hear the continuous ringing of the bell, and a man screaming, abandoned ship. Jimmy yells, let's get out of here, and they all rush toward the ladder and start climbing. Same with the tabaxi group. Plan. Billy Lee hangs back with his big battle axe and waits for the tentacles to come, though. Ah, yes. Alright, you guys all climb aboard. Or, I'm sorry, go up to the top. And the top side is utter chaos. Numerous tentacled creatures are tearing the ship apart. They indiscriminately um, swallow crew and passengers. Anything humanoid warm-blooded and moving is attacked. Um, the cargo and debris bob in the water around what is left of the capsizing ship. The frigid water slowly catching up, soon splashing up and across the top deck. There is but scant minutes before the ship sinks into the darkness below. If you survive, you'd all best find a way to get get away from the tentacled creatures and um does anybody is any characters here a sailor or have any um knowledge of boats and ships would a coastmonger be one a coastmonger is that what you said Monger. Coastmonger. Um, yeah, I would think so. That would... It's been a while since I saw that class, but, uh, yeah. Costermonger? Oh, um... Costermonger. Hmm. No. Oh, okay. Oh, they sell fruit and vegetables. Yeah. yeah. I have a fruit <laughs> on this character. The apples. Amazing. They tell me the ship's gonna sink. We best get out of here. <laughs> ben, Jerry, go. Rolo <laughs> has a plan. He's carrying 10 pounds of wood, which is like one two by four. <laughs> so <laughs> that's his sturdy vessel. <laughs> I mean, do we see any, you know, escape boats or chunks of wood floating or anything like that over the side? Um, yes, you can see one, um, what the heck is it called? Uh, oh my god, I can't, this is why I don't like ships, I don't remember the names of things, but a, like a little dinghy, a, a little like rowboat hanging off to one side. But as you all quickly pour over and look inside, you can see that there's a hole in the bottom of it. Um, 
but all around the the vessel you see debris crates um wood doors um and other various um things floating and bobbing in the water and off in the distance at best what you can tell maybe just an hour or two away what appears to be an island um let's throw that two by four in that boat and hop in yeah rollo's a chest maker so he should right be able to repair wooden things it it just has to not be we have to be able to bail it out faster than it fills with water or at the same rate. The Baxiguru is going to go for crates that are floating in the water. Okay. Um, So, okay, this is the thing. So if people want to get in the boat, there's enough for five people, and the rest would have to hang on the sides. And then for those wanting to go out into the floating debris... Um, you will have to do a strength check in a few minutes. Okay. Um, as, but again, the top side, there's four tentacled creatures packing and swallowing crew and servants alike. The captain is fighting valiantly, shooting his pistols, and his first mate is ringing the bell for anybody left before he soon abandons um, the position and jumps overboard. Um, the captain sees you all as you get into the boat and jump off to the side. Try and lower yourselves. He says, quick, get out of here. We don't know what these things are, but go. I'll stay and keep them distracted. The price on your heads will do me no good now. But maybe this will save the day. And, um, um, yeah, so you guys... Everybody in the boat, um, let's see, you lower yourselves down, you cut the ropes, you got your paddles, um, the hull is doing its job of filling up the boat. Got my strength checks. Okay, uh, you got your strength checks ready. Um, how are you going to fix this this hole in the bottom of the, of the rowboat? Scott, uh, wood. I have a rope. This doesn't seem like enough things, but it's start. I will the shatter hole. shatter my hand mirror to make a shard uh, and ram it down into it with the the uh, the battle axe as well, and then maybe we could try to tie it. Um, tie something that would. Oh, you uh, you got a box. Tie a box on it to add pressure. Yeah, we just need like a flat, big flat surface, right, to press against it. Yeah. And yeah, I, this. Uh, and I take all my herbs and I I ram it in the hole just to make a big gob of stuff. Ooh. Okay, um, yeah, that definitely significantly slows down the water 
seeping in, saving you for now. And uh, the Tabaxi brothers, um, you jumped off into the water, and the ship is sinking behind you. The last of it you can see is the uh, the top of the mast and the crow's nest. Are you ask me my strength checks? Yes. The sinking ship is causing currents that threaten to drag you down. The undertow. I have a 16, a 13, and an 8. For strength checks. Oh, okay. Um, so you have to beat a 14. And anybody else gets pulled under. Oh, look. Right. Two of them are getting pulled under. Okay. And now you must make a fortitude save for everyone that's under. Shoot, I did not write that down. It's okay. Uh, level zero character for fortitude. What is that, Ross? Please. It's usually a zero. Your stamina modifier? Yeah. Yeah. Which modifier? Stamina. That's a negative one, and that also is a negative one. Just great. There. They get pulled under. I haven't rolled yet. Oh, okay. Just rough. <laughs> That's a 17 for the first one. Oh, wow. Okay. And a 11 for the second one. Oh man, okay, the Tabaxi brothers. Um, yeah, those those two who get pulled under, it takes a few minutes. But then they resurface, soaked, and barely alive. But what they saw underneath, underneath, was a nightmare that they wouldn't want to share. As they saw a number of hundreds, well not hundreds, sorry, dozens of more tentacled creatures swimming around the ship grabbing bodies and everybody else who didn't make it trying to swim up to the surface. We take them back down into the depths. But, uh, yeah, you guys have survived the ship. Congratulations. Now, on to... <laughs> or at least some of you have survived the ship. Um... So, those on the boat, you guys just paddle your way there. Um, not too long as the island gets closer. With the Baxi brothers, you, you make your way on crates and various other things. Doors, for our reference. Um, and make a makeshift little boat and begin paddling. You'll encounter... Oh, the good jellyfish, which is nice. Okay, don't worry about those. Um, so you pass by them as they float around in mass around the debris and the flaming wreckage of burning oil along the sea. But, uh... Let's see. Oh, I'm an expert on nautical things. That doesn't look good to eat. No, they're they're fine. It's good. It's good times. So no one has no maritime knowledge. Just to be sure. Nope. I got this map. 
It's probably not very helpful when lost at sea with no... With no idea where you are exactly. Um, yeah. Well, you see this massive island. Um, and... Let's see. In fact, it is the only island within a hundred miles. But... You, do, you all have a bad feeling about this. As tentacled creatures, the sinking ship, why here, why now? But, hmm. As you all eventually make it to shore. Um, oh, okay, here, here you go. This, this is it. <clears throat> you all make it to the shore. The mists shroud the isle in gloomy gray light, washing the color out of everything. No wind blows, and the sea is calm. A light snow falls noiselessly around you. Though it's not cold, ahead there appears to be a small beach. And, um, yes, uh, you guys arrive at this beach that is black sand, and the taste of the snow you can tell it's ash. Um, you all wait until the Tabaxi brothers finally catch up. Just as you begin begun to have believed that they were left for dead. Um, but everybody's back together. Man, it's been a while since they did fun. Um, but anyways, let's see. Yeah, the beach is black sand that will cut any bare feet that tread on it as if it were tiny shards of broken glass. Just beyond the beach is a ridge of black rock that encircles it and rises 30 feet into the mist above. Um, if anyone desires to climb up the ridge, I will need a strength check. But if not, you guys could find a different way around, or maybe another way off. If we can get that rope off of that boat, um, Billy Lee, the uh, Billy Lee Swolf the Barbarian, will attempt <laughs> to climb the uh, the ridge. Okay. Use this rope. I made it myself. It's very sturdy. Mo. You have three mm -hmm. backsies that can naturally climb up to 30 feet. Oh, yeah. Okay, but, okay. That's fine. You still need a strength check. This is kind of a big ridge, okay? Strength check. You mean steep? Steep. Okay, it's, it's, it's a steep. I mean, I'll let the tabaxi do it, sure. <laughs> Cricket is, can you step up to plate and say, nope, hand it over. Allow me, I have the claws to do it. <laughs> okay. All yours. Cricket's origin story before he goes and that's an eighteen for strength check. <laughs> before he goes and one shots a manticore. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um. Okay. Yeah. You beat the strength check. Um. Yeah. So you're able to climb up the ridge. Um. Climbing the ridge puts you on the edge of a large crater about a mile in diameter 
The ridge itself rises with a gentle slope, roughly 100 feet, to where you stand, putting the crater floor below sea level. The crater is a hellish landscape of melted rock, toppling slag towers, crumbling ground, lava pools, and fire. The air is acrid and smells of burning metal. At the bottom of the crater, there is a strange structure. From the ridge, it looks like a large cylinder jutting out of the crater floor. Um, make me a luck check, Mr. Cricket. I got a 19. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so it's hard to see in this distance uh, to tell what it is, but you do see movement in the shadows of the crater. Uh, do you go back and report what you see? I technically went up the ridge with a rope. How long was the rope? It's a hundred feet of rope. Ooh. Oh, that's funny. Okay, yeah, I'm that's funny. Secure the rope, then proceed to holler loud enough for them to hear on one side of the ridge versus the other side of the ridge, saying. Heads up, there might be company. And the other two tabaxis are going to climb up. Along by Vice Resi using the rope to climb. Okay. I'm assuming everybody else climbs up too? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. Um, and yes, you all make it to the top of this ridge easily, um, thanks to Cricket. Um, you all stop and stare, seeing the shadows yet again, moving from the edges of the crater towards the center to where this large um, metal cylinder uh, jutting out is. Um, Descending. Oh, God. Um, descending into the crater. Let me skip past. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is important. Besides a bunch of that. Um, descending into the crater, you almost instantly, through the mist, come across. Two of your group, one tabaxi and um, Burnoff. But they have been changed. Um, they seem to be, they have something on the back of their heads, some sort of mixture of organic and metal material on the back of their heads. They pay no heed to you as they march towards the center of the crater. They are by themselves at the moment. 
which of your tabaxi died? Uh, you have three left, so there's only one. I know, I'm just figuring Atlas out which one I'm going to kill. <laughs> I'm going to say Atlas because I still want to see if the availability is possible. <laughs> At Atlas would have been a clerk. Burn off, Atlas. Burn off, Atlas. What, what are you doing? Where are you going? They turn towards you and grimace. They look towards each other and draw newly founded swords from their belts and charge towards you. What do you all do? Do you try to, do you fight them? Try to um, subdue them? Or, I don't know, the rest is up to you. Kota is going to go LeBonk with his hammer onto Atlas. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you, Forfeit. Your life, your rights to be alive. Your tech. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. What did you roll? Uh, Cricket was getting bonk Atlas with the hammer, and it was a okay. nine. Okay, the nine. The nine doesn't hit your natural ten. But, let me see here, hold on. It does hit the thing on the back of their heads. And delatches it. Um, I'm sorry, dislodges it from the back of their head and it falls to the ground. It shrivels. It moves for a second and it shrivels and goes completely limp. But Burnoff, Burnoff is still charging towards the rest of his friends. Um, and he makes a swing at Cricket, who or whoever attacked Atlas. It would be Cricket. Uh, it'd be Cricket with a 12. That does it, because Cricket does not have armor at this current state. <laughs> For one point of damage. At least it was Cricket! <laughs> Cricket. Cricket is Cricket still alive. <laughs> Cricket's still alive? Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, it's up to you guys. What, um, Ross, Cricket is now at 3 HP. So, okay. did, so Cricket knocked that thing off of Atlas with the hammer? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if Billy Lee sees that, he's going to take the haft of his uh, battle axe and try to do that to burn off. Uh, do you okay. have Atlas back by doing that? Yes, he is unconscious for... Well, I'm going to tell you, ten, 10 minutes. But he's back. Okay. Um, okay, you try to hit the thing off the back of his head. Yeah, I'd like Let's to do see. that. Okay, you can. Go right ahead. Is it a strength check or an attack? Oh, yes, uh, you can count it as an attack. Okay. 
Alright, that would be a 12 to hit. Ooh, that does hit, easily. For... 3, and I believe... Do I... I... Yeah, yeah, because he's uh, level 0, uh, so 5 damage. This is strength. Okay, that... Yeah, that works. You just slot, you actually knock this thing off and it falls to the floor. Burn off collapses and is unconscious. And this is actually important in a minute, but well, we'll get to it in just a minute. That it is important that you guys have rescued them. Nice. So you have two characters back. Uh, Yes, rescue them. That's what I was going to try to do as well. <laughs> they swelf and burn off for the main heroes of this story, okay? <laughs> um, okay, do you guys continue your way to the um, large cylinder? Or do you want to try and see about the rest of these shadows off in the distance that are moving from various points? Um, I'm sorry, moving... What kind of happened to Atlas is going to proceed to uh, hoist Atlas up and usher Ender over to help with the other side of Atlas and proceed to go towards the metal cylinder. Okay. All right. My folks will follow. Um, okay. Yeah, so will mine. Jurgis, uh, I would like him while he's walking. He just wants to take a length of rope and cut it and like wrap it around his head, sort of like a makeshift turban. <laughs> he's suddenly very okay. concerned that things want to latch onto his head and do bad things to it. And he's slightly intelligent, so he thinks this is a good plan. Hey, you know, you see un unearthly common things latching to people's heads. You might as well put something on your head to protect yourself. That's logical. That's the best hat I could make. I imagine it looks really dumb. <laughs> it's just thick rope tied. Um, okay, um, you guys are making your way towards the sh the, the cylinder, and. Um, as you walk, let's see. Anyone can make me a intelligence check. Mm. Uh, yeah, Juton, you roll. Roll me an intelligence check. Okay. Go, go intelligence. Hey, that's a 17. Okay, you pass. And you see that the ground um, just ahead of you is cracking. And you see parts of it fall below. Um, it's about to collapse. But you're, you all are walking straight towards it. What do you do? Do you warn the others? 
Or do you? Stop. Oh. The ground here is treacherous. Proceeds to stop. <laughs> Quickly, Cricket, make me an agility roll. I get a plus one! Ten! Ten! You fall with Atlas on your shoulders. The ground around you collapses into a dark, deep chest. Oh, not deep, but um, you take... Okay, you fall into a ten-foot deep hole taking two damage. But then, cracking stops as if the ground has settled. Are you okay down there? Um, Lee? Look over to um, Rolo, you know, and I do, do you still have that rope? Oh, it's there on your head. I don't know if it's Rolo. Not all of it. It's uh, Jurgis, is the rope maker. Um, uh, Jim, yeah, Jimmy see, Lee's like, well, yeah, then it's cool. time to use your head. Oh, man. 80s action montage, go. Make a rope. <laughs> cool. He unwinds the rope from his head, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, you guys are able to bring Cricket out and Atlas out of the hole. Um, Atlas, because Cricket was cushioning the fall, did not take any damage, so don't worry about that. Alright. So, you all quickly make it to the center of the crater. With a strange... Is Cricket one of the structure. ones who was pulled underwater as well? No, Cricket made it on the crate. It's in the okay. atlas that got pulled under. Okay. Okay. And you atlas see. got hit by, got dazed, and now is probably back to normal by now. Well, it's approximately ten minutes past since he got in past in, in uh, incapacitated. Mm, possibly. Um, you make it to the center of the crater where you see these beings. Um, these, these, this crew, I guess you could call it, of a wide variety of humanoids. Short, tall, thick, thin, two, and four-armed, all bipedal. Um, from their bodies, they might be humans. Elves, dwarves, and even monster races like orcs, ogres, and others you don't quite know. Many of them wear suits of a dark material with what looks like hard plates at key areas, key areas, shoulders, arms, chest, back, thighs, knees, to give you a picture. Um, it appears they're all silently toiling away removing dirt and debris um and heavy rocks trying to excavate 
this structure. Um, you can see one that appears as best as you can tell to be the leader who stands about seven and a half feet tall. Has, yeah, this last has glossy, we heard. yeah, glossy gray skin, long thin limbs, four arms, and six fingers on each hand that are much longer than expected. But on their belt hangs a long metal rod and another curved metal object. Um, he's pointing but staring at different ones, um, not speaking a word. He seems to be silently directing this group and the new recruits who are joining them. Uh, one appears to be, oh, uh, I don't remember, but one of Tutin's group who was pulled beneath. And um, I'm trying to remember the other character that was pulled by tentacles as well. It was in the lower half of the ship. It was one of my characters. Yeah, one of your characters. You see them join and start picking up debris and moving it. Um, let's see. Yeah, you can see that he's directing them to work towards the middle of the structure or to dig into at the, what you can see is, or what would you assume is the nose that's buried uh, deeper into the dirt. Um, on the south side, or I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sorry, the, the part that's hanging up, the, the, the back end of this structure, you can see a open hatch and a few people going in and then uh, coming back out with ropes and planks and metal going over to what appears to be their attempt at building scaffolding for some reason. Um, and then um, I turn it over to you. What would you guys like to do? Well, I don't know about the rest of you. It seems to me like we need to go straight into this strange thing full of murderous brain-sucking aliens. And then... <laughs> We... <laughs> and then we should find some weapons and find the biggest one of the bunch and then we should kill him and get our friends back. Oh, on top of it all, it looks like we gotta hit the back of their heads because it looks like they have the same things as Atlas did. Yeah. This is uh, Jimmy Lee. Cricket, by the way. Uh, <clears throat> Billy's like, yeah, brother, yeah, I think you're right. We're just going to have to go in there and find some some stuff to just start killing. I don't know why I'm Randy Savage now. Yeah. <laughs> I just got to go and just start killing. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I have to remember that's what that's the swelf like. now. <laughs> From dumb, big and dumb to, uh, what was the character? The Macho man, name? Randy Swelfage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I love this. I love this. He's turning out to be the hero we all need. Um, yeah, so most they, of them. <laughs> won't they immediately see us? <laughs> A Bobo, he's like, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I would say let's, if we can get the weapons without being alerting them and whatever pe uh, others come walking in, let's try to knock off those things off of them. I say. So what do you all think about like sneaking in that part where they're coming in and out? I say I for sneaking in. And if you can, knock as many of those things off of their heads. So are Atlas and Burnoff awake now? Um, yes, yes they are. And they have gained some traits for uh, recruited. Let me covering. Okay. Where the heck is it? So... They also, they gain several special abilities, and this is what they have. These are leftover facets of the thing that was attached to them, as it slowly melded with their mind. They have line of sight telepathic communication up to 60 feet. The ability to breathe water for up to 10 minutes at a time. They have two Atena-like filaments that was burrowed into their temples, which cannot be removed. Two what? They have like two Atenas. Um, they move from time to time without any discernible patterns. Okay. It's just and, like going to open wounds in their skull. Yeah, you know, just two open wounds to their skull, but it's like antennas. They got antennas now. Do you want the description um, of what Atlas now looks like? Just a second. There's there's two things, since there's two of you that I gotta do. Okay, so burn off. He knows of the uh, internal systems of this structure. And Atlas knows of the weapons system you know they know the just the basic workings of anything inside but a bit more knowledge on those two things i mean so i have like three questions and i think okay uh for burn off uh does he think the thing can still work? Uh, assuming he knows it's a spaceship, right? So, like, uh, does does he think he, you, it could be self-destructed? And does he think that he can find a way to control it, like from a bridge or a mainframe? Um, yes, it can still be worked. Um, he knows that there is an AI on board. Secondly... There, oh, um, for the first question as well, he knows that there is an escape pod, a fully functional escape pod on board. Um, this thing can be self-destructed, um, but you have to 
try to talk this intelligent creation into doing it. And um, thirdly, yes, it can be controlled. There is a bridge. I mean, to answer everybody else's questions, sorry. it is a spaceship. So no worries. how many people can fit on the escape pod? That Burnoff does not know. I mean, he will tell everyone this stuff. Okay. I was just going to say, I know the weapons on it. We could do destruction if need be. That is true. Jimmy Lee's like, let's go get some weapons. All right. So you guys want to make your way. thing flying, we can end up using the weapons. <laughs> All right, back here. Yes. So you guys are want to make it into the ship. Okay. Okay. Make me. I'm going to call it's a stealth check, but you can just roll a d20. If you can beat a seven, you make it in without being noticed. So each character should roll here? Uh, each group. You, you I all got just 13. roll each group. I'm cleared. Okay. <sighs> Oh, a seven. Yes, that's the number. Yes. <laughs> Do you burn luck at level zero? No. And you have to have a halfling that declares to be that lucky halfling. No, 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 no. You, you, I think you can burn luck at level zero. And the lucky halfling thing is, he can burn his luck for anybody else in the group, and they get a plus two to it. So for every one point of luck, oh, okay. they get two to their roll. Mixed up. Yeah, no worries. It's Time bonus to any. Okay, yeah, it seems that they can. This seems okay. like a roll I probably would have would have been worth burning luck on, but no need. Because it rolled high enough. Well, exactly. Mm -hmm. Ross, what did you get? Oh, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I got an 18. Ooh, nice. Yeah, so you all... Um, it takes minutes, but you all are able to slip into the opening, which now you guys are into... The Star Jaeger, the forward hangar bay. Hold on, yeah, I'm sorry, the forward hanging bay is what it's called. We'll call it, yeah. Um, this area is damaged by the crash and partly buried. You can see when you are approaching the, the raiders, as you've come to know them from Burnoff and Atlas, that are, are digging around the sides of the ship 
and the bay is mostly devoid of creatures. The hangar has smaller um, vessels that they use to use to disable targets that try to fight or flee. But as you know, they do not work as of right now. Um, oh, and look, there's no one inside. Um, there are several crates here and there, some broken open and empty, others are closed and locked. You can try and look for things. Um, let me see. There is six crates, and if you decide to try and open them, they each take two minutes to open. I'm down because we need some Same. gear and some weapons. So, yeah, I mean, my. Okay. Four folks will rip open four of them. Cricket needs something to heal with. Okay. Um, that. Okay, so in the crates you find... Something. A battle axe. Um, a chisel. <laughs> A grappling hook. Um, a riding crop. A small scissors and a sack. And last but not least. A, <laughs> a wooden sword. Cricket can grab the battle axe. Jimmy Lee's going to take the wooden sword and swish it around and say, this is a good sword. <laughs> oh, man. Good guy, good guy, Jimmy Lee. Uh, what was the battle axe again? Uh, Damage 1d10. Wise. D10. Okay. Now, it does not say exactly where this goes, but uh, the next... I'm assuming you guys want to dwell deeper, descend deeper. After searching. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that was all six crates. Um, next, you enter the crew quarters. <sighs> okay, you find two raiders inside here. One holding one of those metal rods, which you come out to find is a stun stick. And the other one, uh, watching out, uh, holds the curved metal object. Um, Burnoff and Atlas, you can hear them in their minds, calling for help. There's intruders. Um, we have to kill them quickly. Yeah, uh, we can 
Roll for initiative. Let's see. They got a one. Sixteen from our group. Okay. I got a seven. Ooh. Tutan. A two. two. Yep. Okay, so the tabaxis go first. A quick question. Uh, does Atlas still have the sword that he summoned or whatnot from beforehand when he had that weird thing attached to him? Uh, yes, it's just a short sword. What is that? It was a short uh, sword. Uh, attack ability. D6. Uh, okay. Yeah. The only difference in a long sword and a short sword is one has a slightly longer reach. Write it down. <laughs> That's it. Oh, okay. Uh, Atlas is going to proceed to, uh, charge at the one with the stun stick. Okay. And Cricket is going to proceed to run, uh, charge at with the battle axe against the other one that has the curved piece of metal. And Ender is going to do a casual stabby stab towards uh, the stun stick person following the atlas. Okay. Game first, do you... Uh, was it? Ender missed. He had a four. Okay, that, that is a miss. Fifteen for cricket. Ooh, that does hit. Barely, yes. Uh, let me get the last one. And an 18 for Atlas. Ooh. Okay, those those two hit. Two for the for damage from the battle axe. Okay. And from the short sword, a two. Okay, so four damage. Man, yeah, so he, he, those two just launch ahead and attack and keep him busy as the other one pushes a button on the curved metal object and he's, you can hear this low word. Crick um, is facing the one with the curved uh, thing. Oh, he's attacking. Atlas and Ender went after the one with the stun baton. Okay, so Cricket hit him. Yeah, so yeah, you knock him back. And he pushes the button, and you hear the the whir of the curved object start to get slowly louder. Um, it's like a high pitched whine. Um, next is uh, Ross. What do you do? Well, the one with the curved metal object, Burnoff will will say, "Stop him!" and um, Billy Lee will rush forward and try to grapple the one with the curved metal object and get him to the ground or, you know, try to disable or restrain him. Okay. 
Everyone else will attack the one that was being attacked. They'll gang up on the other one. By Atlas and Ender. Yeah. Uh, what do I roll for uh, the grapple? Or for oh, I'm around? sorry. Uh, uh, it'll be a strength off. Strength off. Okay, here oh. we go. You have to beat a nine. I got an 18. Oh. <laughs> Oh yeah! Woo! Yeah, you swat the you swat the object out of his hand and just bear hug him, keeping him restrained. That'll show you, moving. brother. And then the other three <laughs> will just attack the guy with the stun baton. I got a ooh, a nat twenty. Uh, so got a crit, level zero crit here. D four. Yeah, bringing up the table on the crit table. And I got a. Uh, let me go across from left to right here. So, the one on the right... Okay, so it's in this order. 20, 15, and 10. Ooh, okay. Um, 20 and 15 hit. 10 does not. And for a crit, I got... Uh, it says, stunning crack to the forehead. Inflict another D3 damage with the strike. And the foe falls to the bottom of the initiative count for the next round. Oof. I'll roll a d3 here, and let's see, that one is um, Jimmy Lee, who has a short sword. So I got 2 plus 6 is 8 damage from Jimmy Lee, and then the other one has a hand axe. Ooh. And roll 20's being slow, I'm sorry. No worries. But he's got a plus 2, because he, oh wait, no, 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 it's the wrong one. Plus 0, so... Goodness, what's going on with Roll20 over here? I can't guy. stand the aliens. There it goes. <laughs> there it goes. Weird. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, three, three. So. Uh, Six, man. Oof. No, no, just three. Oh, just three. Okay, yeah. man, yeah. Divided between the two. Same with my four attack because it was two on one damage and two on the other. Yeah, so he got um, uh, two plus six, which is eight, plus another three is uh, eleven. Eleven. You killed the stun stick, man. <laughs> man, so that's one down. I guess he. he I guess. I guess he shouldn't have stuck st stick around. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I I may have to kill this guy off actually I don't know if I can <laughs> deal with this guy I think I would rather have Macho Man Scumbag's character you know Kane where it changed drastically due to his patron yeah uh, Jimmy Lee might need to have like a Apotheosis, yeah, some some kind of moment or something. But anyways, uh, <laughs> that's it. Sorry. <laughs> All right. This, yeah, the, a the, total the, change of personality of when he gets a traumatic brain injury. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Or a oh, I shouldn't be doing it this way. Instead, I should be doing it that way. Moment. Planescape. What can change the nature of a man? Yes. No one answered that. Whole arm. Okay, you could do that. <laughs> Wasn't what I was thinking. But... 
He's dead. His stun stick falls out of his hand as he crashes against the side of the, the hallway. Or, yeah, against the wall. I, I toss the stun stick over to, uh, to, to Rollo. And a chisel, presumably. Yeah. Yes, yes it is. Um, and yeah, now it's up to you. See. We only have the one that has been grappled to the ground, or is this being held upright? Um, was it Ross? You didn't define what it was. You just said grapple. I just wanted to restrain him from being able to use the curved object because of uh, because Burnoff said to. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you have that. Uh, he's restrained, and he is open and vulnerable to attacks. Okay. Um. Sorry, so it's my turn. Uh, yes, sorry. Uh, okay, no worries. Uh, now it's at the bottom of the initiative order. So is he face down or face up? Because this is probably going to determine whether I can try to hit the thing on his head or if I'm just going to... Um, good. Face face up. I'll say that. Face up. Okay. Okay. Well, bad luck for this guy. Although, stone stick, maybe he won't die. Um, yeah. Rolo and Jurgis are gonna, like, charge in and just pummel this guy with their respective weapons, I think. Okay. Melee attacks against uh, grappled creatures um, yeah. have a 50% chance of wounding the ally doing the pin. I'm, I'm, outing, oh, I'm, I'm outing myself, but that's okay. I'm not going to... No, no. No, this, no, I'm this totally... This is fair. <laughs> oh, wait, is this Macho Man restraining him? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I see. It's well... Why you're really just... <laughs> Begging for it. No. Um, this contained. He might get it. He might not. Okay. In that case, I'll just have Rolo use the stun stick because that's okay. not lethal. <laughs> All right. So, uh, should I roll a die to determine who I'm attacking first? Uh. Yes. It says any failed attack. Okay. So if you fail yeah. the attack. Oh, so if you and, fail. He failed then, attack. Okay, and, and, I didn't and, hear that. And then it's a 50% chance if you fail it. Oh, okay. I thought it was a straight 50% chance. That's. I might attack with both of them in that case because. Yeah, if you succeed, you hit him. Well. If you fail, you hit your buddy. Okay. All right. Uh, I will make some attacks then. Hope I don't kill you. You got this. Hopefully. All right, uh, Rolo will attack with the sun stick. That's okay. another 17. Okay, that hits, and that does. This is the thing for it. So it's 1d3 electric damage. And anybody okay. hit by it makes a DC 12 stamina check. Um, and yeah, or otherwise they're paralyzed. 
because you know it's it's a taser. That's three damage. Ooh. Don't know if this he succeeds on his stamina check, though that probably doesn't matter. Um. Okay. So three damage. I think. It doesn't matter. They're both so lethal. I was going to say Jurgis could use his knife here because I think fictionally that makes a certain amount of sense, right? Someone's grappled on the ground. You can't really run in with a short, a long sword. It, it doesn't make sense. Just going to hack at random bits with him with a long sword. <laughs> that seems really unsafe. So, all right, yeah, I'll just I'll just do what makes sense, and I'll check with the knife, because that just seems a lot more logical to me, that you would attack someone pinned on the ground with a knife. Makes logical sense. All right. <laughs> That's a four to hit. So... Ooh, a four to hit. Oof. Yeah. Um, you stab Swelf in the back. The Swelf. It's a 50% chance to hit an ally, right? If I miss... Uh, did I miss here that yet again? <laughs> you, you, so if you succeed your attack, you hit the yes. target, the enemy. If okay. you fail, you hit a buddy. I see. I see. That's so, it. The 50% so is literally just... The... Well, I'm no sorry, worries. my friend. Got stabbed in the back. You gotta roll the damage. Three. Didn't know. Mm. Well, I, I have a plus two to melee damage. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't right. know. Friendly player. Yeah, and I don't think I get a roll the body check at session uh, at uh, level zero. So it's still dungeon. he just he goes. Oh, brother! Oh, he slides off the blade. He's dead. Oh, Billy yeah. Lee, the swelf, is dead. A.K.A. Caesar. You got your thing. He has a... I don't think there's enough luck to burn to make that a hit, so... <laughs> he, he has a, uh, 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 battle axe. Somebody wants that. D10 damage there. Uh, checking to see where the roll the body check is, but I don't know. Jim, Jimmy Lee will come up uh, and kneel next to his his swelf brother and uh, close his eyes and cover him, <laughs> cover his face in blood, and then hold his cheek tenderly. We've been through a lot together, brother. <laughs> All those years, make it, make, making it on the streets. I'll never forget you. That's a good thing I took my inhaler when I did. Really. Man. All those times you, 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 you stood up for me back when I was a lad. I'm going to keep doing this while he looks up the rules. <laughs> I always remember that time that uh, that kid tried to steal Still, that uh, Ender's gonna come over and nudge Josh. Get off his battle axe. Who, what'd you say? 
Endurus can come over and just go, can I have his battle axe? Oh yeah, you could totally have his battle axe. Take it. Oh man. That kid. I had the I had the pastry. I was a, I was a fat child. Back then. And and they picked on me. And then and then you showed up. And that's that's when I learned. That's when I learned to be a man. And I started started hitting the gym. And that's that's how you see what you, <laughs> what you have in front of He's still looking for the rule. I, I can, I can like use the PDF. <laughs> I'm kind of just listening at this point. Uh, you know what? Just you could just do the roll of body check. This is too touching. <laughs> These gym brothers, okay? They can't gym bros. We have the Dabaxi trio now. With Riker outside doing something with the ship. So he, he has to make a luck check, if I recall correctly. And that is rolling yes. under an 11. So here we go. Yep. He did uh, not. What is the... Oh, oh no. He's the dead corpse. Yeah. He's gone. Um, I'll always remember you, brother. I shall carry his battle axe. What are you gonna name the Brett Battle Axe? Brother? Oh, nice. I'm trying to. Uh, what should I name it? Uh, Slim Jim. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there is still the uh, fact that there's this. Um, this raider just stuck under Jimmy Lee's body as as his Jim bros tenderly holding Jimmy Lee <laughs> telling him this just been alive the whole time just watching the whole thing he's confused kill me please <laughs> now it's back up to the top of the lineup so it's me again it's um it, no actually it just turned uh, he grabs, he's able to free an arm and he grabs the energy pistol and oh, hearing no. this, hearing all of this, <laughs> he points the, he points it at his own tentacled face, <laughs> pulls the trigger, and he vaporizes to ashes. <laughs> Uh, leaving Jimmy Lee lying dead in a pile of ashes and the, the gun laying just above his shoulders. Oh, Jimmy Lee's dead? <laughs> or no, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, Billy Lee's dead? Billy Lee. <laughs> Under his corpse. Uh, Atlas uh. is going to proceed to pick up the pistol. Ashes to ashes, loser. <laughs> and then I pee Atlas on it. This game proceed to pick up the uh, <laughs> sci-fi weapon. No one weapons. Mo, 
Uh, okay, yeah, you pick up the gun. You pick up the gun, and I'll give you the stats. <laughs> Whew, okay, um, it's a range. It does 1d4 energy damage on hit. 30 to 90 feet is its effective range. Um, mm. Man, poor Billy Lee, man. Um, okay. 1d4, 1d4, yeah. You guys are in the crew quarters. Oh, and it's 8 o'clock. So that's where we'll end it here. What a, what a place to end it. Mythic Mountains RPG is a private online play club that focuses on folk RPGs. Folk RPGs are the games that belong to all of us. They're what actually happens at a table between friends. It's their voice that has the authority of what is fun and what works for them. Weekly, we upload our games to allow others to sit in with us. The channel isn't monetized. We don't own the artwork, music, software, or games shown in these actual plays, and you can find links to their authors in the description. Like, subscribe, and share if you wish, or don't. Just like games in person, you're welcome to pull up a chair, sit in, and watch some of our games. No performances, no fancy equipment, just regular people playing full pencil and paper role-playing games and having a good time. We hope these games will prove a source of enjoyment to anyone just wanting to listen in, anyone looking for examples of how actual groups run and play folk RPGs, and most importantly, if you haven't found your group yet, you're welcome here at ours.